jump right into the Word of God tonight because I've got some places to go and uh, I want to try to finish this tonight. Amen. All right. Well, if you're standing, then I will go ahead and read a scripture then. Okay. Let's read, let's read together Mark 4, 26 to 29. Mark 4, 26 to 29. We'll read that together since everyone is standing together. All right. Everybody have that? All right, let's read together. Ready, read. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately... He puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Because the harvest has come. Verse 28 says, For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full grain of the ear. But when the grain ripens, immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Tonight I want to talk on the season of fulfillment. The season of fulfillment. Father, thank you tonight for the word you, you've given me to share with your people. I pray tonight that each and every person would have hearing ears and seeing eyes and receiving hearts for the word of God. Lord, we come against any distraction or hindrance the enemy may try to bring in someone's life to keep them from receiving the word. Even distractions for those that are watching online. I pray that everyone tunes in, grabs hold, sits there and receives, soaks in, pulls on the anointing, pulls on the word of God tonight. So that, God, you can complete in us what you sent the word to do. Father, I'm reminded of what the word said in Romans chapter 1, 11 and 12. And Paul talked about how he longed to see the church at Rome. That he may impart to them some spiritual gift so that they may be established. Thank you, Father, that you sent the apostle to minister a word to us last week and imparted to us spiritual gift that we may be established. So I pray that tonight you'd finish the establishment of what was received in this place last week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. The season of fulfillment. Did that ring a bell to anybody? Did that ring a bell to anybody? All right, the season of fulfillment. Now, I want to start out tonight by reading uh, the first half of this prophecy that uh, Apostle Derber shared with us um, on uh, last, well, this says Thursday. I, I seem to remember it being Wednesday, though. It, it was Thursday. Okay. All right. I believe you. Okay. So it says this. For you're in the season of fulfillment, says God. A season where what I've spoken to your heart, what you've discovered in my covenant word, what you've sown for has gone through the process of first the blade, then the ear, and is now fulfillment time of the full fruit in the ear, says the Lord. I got that so far. For just like you've waited for this season of fulfillment, I too have waited for this season to come upon the earth. I've long waited for this time, says God, to have a people that would move with me, to have a people 
that would believe me, to have a people that would work with me, says the Lord. My eyes have run to and fro, looking for my people that would work in this harvest time. Say harvest time. For truly the harvest is great, says the Lord. But you're going to see this season of fulfillment. Things turn around. Things be reversed. Things that will accelerate in growth in front of the world. But not to my people. My people have been standing. My people have been believing me. And you shall not be disappointed. For my word shall be fulfilled in this season, says your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I admonish you, go and visit our website. These, uh, this prophecy is on the website. You can go back and listen to it and uh, review it and just kind of uh, get it nailed down in your spirit. Amen? Now, I want to, again, take the time tonight to, to really help us to establish what we receive through that prophecy. I'm not going to re-preach the messages that we heard. I'm dealing with specifically this prophecy. Because when a prophetic word comes, we have to take it and do something with it. Do you understand that? Now, in 1 Thessalonians 5, let's go over there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and uh, verses 19 through 21, the New King James Version. Let me know when you get there by saying amen. That's two. 1 Thessalonians, the New Testament, all the T's are together. Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus. Y'all got it? All right, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19 through 21. I know it's on the screen, but I want you to practice finding it in your Bible. You don't have the screen when you're at home. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> okay, so verse 19 says, do not quench the spirit. Do not. Do not quench the spirit. <laughs> okay? When the spirit's moving, when the spirit's speaking, when the spirit's doing something, don't quench that. Let him flow. You flow with him. He knows what he's doing. You know the Holy Ghost is our tour guide through this kingdom? You know the Holy Ghost knows the way? I said, you know the Holy Ghost knows the way? He's a tour guide. He knows where your property is. He knows where your wealth is. He knows how to get you healed completely. He knows how to get your marriage fixed. He knows how to get your family straightened out. He knows everything about your life. He knows the way to what you're looking for. Amen? So he operates in the church. He operates in our lives. And so we have to allow him to flow. So do not quench the spirit. Okay? Then it says, verse 20, do not despise prophecies. Now, we just read the first half of a prophecy that we received on Thursday night. Now, what does it mean to despise something? To reject it, but also it simply means, let me give you a simple definition, to think lightly, to think little of it, to give it no, no value. That's what despise means. You know, the Bible says, you know, uh, don't despise the day of, we kind of, we say it like, doesn't say it exactly that way, but we kind of make it say, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Are we here tonight, everybody? Okay. So don't despise the day of small beginnings, which means don't, don't, don't underestimate the value of your small beginnings. Job comes along in Job 8 and 7 says, though your beginning be small, your latter end will greatly increase. So even if you start out small, God has the ability to raise you up. Ministry, business, family, whatever it is that God has given you, uh, so don't despise the day of small beginnings. 
So don't think little of it. So here it says, do not despise prophecies. So when a prophetic word comes, don't think little of it. Don't just think, oh, here they go again. Here they go with that yabba dabba 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 kabba dabba dabba shabba dabba. And it does say the Lord. Come on now. I'm just going to tell you. I mean, I've been in church a long time. I know how people operate. People, people think little of prophecy. People even, some people even believe prophecy doesn't exist anymore. That's much of the church. But the Bible says, that prophecy comes for edification, exhortation, and comfort. 1 Corinthians 14, right? So we need prophecy. So prophecies, they reveal the word, the mind, the counsel of God to us. So don't despise the mind, the will, the counsel of God. Now, we may sit there in church and get excited when we hear a prophetic word come. Yeah, praise God, wasn't that a great prophecy? But if we never pick it up again... If we never go back to it and review it, never go back to it and soak it in, take it into our hearts, what we're doing is we're despising it. Hello, somebody. All right. Thinking small of it. See, because what happens is one of, one of, the, one of the mistakes that we can make is to think that it, it just happens. The prophecy just happened. But that's not the truth because there's some work. I'll show you here in a, in a minute for all you Bible scholars over here in the corner. Uh, there's some, some, something you and I have to do. See? So we've got to make sure we don't despise the prophecies, but we honor them. We give value. And that's what we're doing. That's why we're taking tonight to go back over that key prophecy that was given last week so that we as a church don't just in one ear out, out the other. And miss the season that God's bringing us into. Remember the Bible talked about over in Luke, I think it's chapter 19, where Jesus Christ began to weep over Jerusalem and the people. He said, because you, didn't, you, you did not recognize the day of visitation. Even if you don't remember it, just trust me, it's in your Bible. Luke 19. They, they, didn't, they didn't remember or they, they weren't aware. They, 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 didn't, they weren't expecting, weren't looking for, weren't ready for the day of visitation and they missed it. You do not know, Luke, Luke 19, 44, you do not know the time of your visitation. See, and because they weren't, they weren't, they weren't meditating the prophetic words. They were having fun. They were doing their own thing. Nothing wrong with having fun, but they were doing their own thing. God wants us to have fun doing his thing. I said God wants us to have fun doing his thing. And doing, when you do his thing, you're going to enjoy life a whole lot better. When you do his thing, right? And so they weren't expecting anything, so they missed the day of visitation when it came. Here was Jesus Christ there to manifest, to fulfill things that this word had already spoken, and they missed it. So God doesn't want you and me to miss out on our day of visitation. He doesn't want you and me to miss out on this season of fulfillment because it's coming. It's coming. Glory to God. Give me, give me Jeremiah 17. And uh, verse 5 and 6. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 and 6. Let's throw this in there, media. I know I'm just off track. Just oh, man of God. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 and 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Everybody all right tonight? You sure you have joy of the Lord on your inside? Okay. It says, thus says the Lord, curses the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Okay? Watch this. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. It didn't say good wasn't going to come. It said he shall not see it. So, even, so if you fail to trust God, if you start departing from God and doing your own thing, if you stop expecting, if you despise the, what the word of God says, good's still going to come. You just won't see it. Hallelujah. So when God spoke to us, season of fulfillment, it's coming. I mean, in fact, no eye is coming. It's here. I said it's here. But I want every one of us to get it and not miss it. Glory to God. Somebody say, I'm not going to miss it. I'm not going to miss it. It's my season. It's my season. It's my season. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. So, again, 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 says, do not despise prophecies. Then it says in verse 21, test all things, hold fast what is good. Test all things, hold fast what is good. Now, when it says test all things, it doesn't mean like you go, oh, I wonder if that's true. No, it means, okay, work it. Let's, we're going to work it. We're going to work this word, and we're going to hold fast to what is good, and we're going to find out what's, what's right. But nothing works if you don't work it. If you're sitting there as a bystander, nothing's going to happen. You'll miss the season that is here, even though it's here. You'll miss, the day of visitation came, Luke 19, 44. The day of visitation came. They just missed it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Their hour of fulfillment comes. The Bible says um, the, son, the son who sleeps in harvest uh, bring, brings, is, is shameful, it's, you know, brings shame. I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember exactly, you know, if I wouldn't think about it, I probably could. But to sleep in harvest and you miss the, it causes shame. There, okay, thank you. Proverbs 10.5, he who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. So notice the harvest still came. But he sleep. Glory to God. So when the harvest comes, we're supposed to do part A of that, which is gather. Tell your neighbor, the harvest is here. Don't sleep through it. Don't sleep on God. Come on now. Hallelujah. So we got to do something here. We got to test all things, hold fast what is good. Now, media, do me a favor, please. Let's switch to uh, the Passion Translation, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, 20, and 21. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, 20, and 21 in the Passion Translation, please. Hallelujah. All right, look at what it says. Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Don't try to control the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost control you. Hallelujah. I think we can all do better at that, can't we? And letting the Holy Ghost control us. Let him have his way, right? <laughs> but I, you know, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. I'm still Pentecostal. And uh, we'd always, growing up, we say, quench, don't quench the spirit. We'd always imagine somebody, and they go, ooh, ooh, 
They feel that quick and they go, ooh, shut up. All the ushers would gather around. Just let them fly, praise the Lord. So it says, never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Let's keep going. Verse 20. And don't be one who scorns, mocks, despises prophecies. We understand that, right? Now look at verse 20, 21. But be faithful to examine them. How? By putting them to the test. Not sitting back and talking about, well, I don't know, I don't believe that. No, put them, put them to the test. And afterwards, say afterwards. afterwards. Hold tightly to what is proven to be right. So notice the way we test them, the way we examine them is putting them to the test. All right, the prophecy says this is what the prophecy said. Okay, God, I'm going to work that word. I'm going to work that word. I'm going to speak. I'm going to confess. I'm going to praise you for it. I'm going to, I'm going to seal it with a seed, whatever, whatever God tells me to do. I'm doing all these things. Okay, I'm going to work that word. Then it says, afterward, hold tight to what is proven to be right. You know, one thing that's happened, you know, in this, in this season we're in, I'm not trying to be political, but, you know, we had a lot of prophecies came last year about who's going to win the election, right? And then when uh, the resident got in to the, to the White House, people began to attack those prophets who prophesied a different outcome. Well, it says afterward. See, what, they, what they, they assumed was that God was limited to a date and a time. So what they've done is they've now attacked prophets when <laughs> Elisha was a dead man. And they threw a, a, a soldier, a dead soldier on Elisha's bones. And Elisha and the anointing in Elisha's bones yes. caused that dead man to be raised. Lazarus was in the grave four days, stinking. And when Jesus went down to the grave, he said, "Lazarus, come forth." So, see, you can't you can't just you know you can't just call it because of a time a date on a calendar. Well, they already in. Y'all get mad. Y'all get mad. I know. But do you know when Solomon, David's son Solomon, David said Solomon was going to be king. Do you know that before Solomon became king, his brother assumed the spot? His brother had a whole coronation. His brother had a whole, uh, uh, what do you call it, inauguration. I'm the king. Everybody hurts, had big banquets, festivals. Everybody, he now, he now leading. He's now ministering. He's now ministering everything. He's he's the king in charge. But afterward, Hallelujah. Let's just do with do with it what you will. What I'm saying is, you and I, afterward, we prove what is right and hold on to what's right. Okay. Now, my point being is that you don't let what you see in the natural deter you from what God revealed to you in the spirit. 
I wish I had a little more help in here. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, it says afterward. So after what? Or, or after when? See, because here's a problem. What people, what people, where people get in trouble is that they, they uh, don't, they don't know how long fulfillment takes. <laughs> and see, fulfillment of, of prophecy depends on the nature of the prophecy. Uh, in fact, uh, put it this way, let me help you. Um, the greater the impact, the longer it'll take. In other words, if it's a, a personal prophecy that will only impact your next month, then it'll, it, it can take place quick. But if it's a personal prophecy for you that will impact a whole generation, or if it's a corporate prophecy that will impact a whole region, it'll take longer for those things to take place. See, and people, if they don't know that, they assume or they, they put their own time limits on prophetic words. And then when they don't come to pass in their prescribed time, they presume that the prophet was false or the prophecy was false. And they quit in their faith. And many times we're seeing people leave the faith. And they miss the day of visitation, Chris. Hallelujah, but we're not doing that, are we? No. I said, we're not doing that, are we? No. Luke 1, 45, y'all know that scripture. Blessed is she, blessed is he, blessed are we who believe, for there shall be a fulfillment of those things that were spoken to us by the Lord. You ought to have that somewhere down in your spirit. Luke 1, 45, blessed are you who believe, for there shall be a fulfillment. It's contingent upon you believing. Blessed are you who believe, for there shall be a fulfillment of those things that were spoken to you by the Lord. And whatever God has spoken to us, there will be a fulfillment if we believe. How many believers do I have in here? I'm a believer. Say it, I'm a believer, not a doubter. There shall be a fulfillment of every word. God spoke in my life. It's coming to pass. Give God a praise about that right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, let's look at something here. Because we got to make sure we don't fall into that place that other people fall into. So go to Luke, uh, go to rather to 1 Timothy. I'm going to go right to the passage translation, please, media. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. I heard people muttering over here about warring a good warfare. Now I know that's going to be a little hard to read on the screen when they get on the screen here. So I'll, I'll read it to you. Okay? Some of you may be able to read that. That's good. Look, listen, 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 listen to what this says. Listen, 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 listen. Y'all got your good eyes on? If not, put your good ears on. You can listen to it. Says, this is Paul talking. So, Timothy, my son. Oh, this is so good. Elder yes, I am entrusting you with this responsibility. In keeping with the very first prophecies. Now, if he says very first, means there's been others. In keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment. 
So the very first prophecies from when you first start out in ministry, when the Lord first called you, when the Lord first saved you, when you first started spending time with God, when God first, first started giving you dreams and visions and God first started sending somebody with a word to share with you and you knew it was God. He said those very first, <laughs> I see, yeah, you had to know it was God now because prophecy should confirm something in you. See, pro prophecy does not come for information, it comes for confirmation. Which means even when we heard this prophecy last week, those of you who've been in tune with God, you had a sense. I, I knew, I knew we had hit something. I knew we were in a special season. I knew we had come to a special time. I knew we had a right I didn't get surprised by hearing season of fulfillment. I kind of had a feeling. When you've been walking with God in tune with the Holy Ghost, you have a, you have a sense of that God is moving, God is moving, God is working, he's bringing things to pass, he's shifting things around. You begin to see things and you know. So this word confirms something down in your spirit. So those prophecies that you receive that were spoken over your life, Timothy, he said, and are now in the process of fulfillment. Everybody say in the process, in the process. Of, fulfillment. of fulfillment. Notice he didn't, he didn't say they're being fulfilled right now, but they are. Because fulfillment itself is a process. And this is what I'm trying to get you to understand tonight. That the, the reason people get weary is because they can't see any fruit. They can't see any evidence. They can't see any manifestation, and they fail to realize that it's already in the process. How many of y'all ever order anything from Amazon or from if anybody, and they're going to ship it through UPS or FedEx or mail services or whatever? You order something, and when you go and you, they, they'll, they're going to send you a receipt by your email, whatever. You're going to check your little thing, and it's going to say, we have received your order. We are processing your order. Now, what that means first is they're processing the transaction. Make sure your, your account was good for it. Then once they confirm that it's good, now, now they're going to go through the process of packaging. It ain't in your house yet, but you're excited. It's, it's, not, it's not in your closet yet, but you're already excited. They're going to go through the process of packaging that whole thing. And then once they package it, they're going to say, now we're shipping it out. Oh, you start to get really, really excited now because, oh, it's been shipped. It's on the way. And, but then when you know it's on the way, well, you're not, it's not there yet, but you know it's in the process, and you're as excited as you could be because you know it won't be long. But then one day you check, and it says it's out for delivery. When you find this out for delivery, oh my goodness, praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. See? But the whole time, it's been in the process. From the moment you ordered it, it went into the process. From the moment God spoke the word to you, it has been in the process Fulfillment. I'll show you this tonight. I'll show you this tonight. Glory to God. So he says the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment. I love that. In this great work of ministry. He keeps going. He says, in keeping with the prophecies spoken over you. He says, with this encouragement, use your prophecies. Here's another one. As weapons. We know your praise is a weapon. 
but your prophecies are a weapon. How are you going to fight the good fight of faith? Is you're going to war a good warfare, is what it says in the King James. You're going to war a good warfare by those prophecies. You're going to use the word God spoke to you to take your stand. I will not die but live and declare the words of the Lord. How do you know you're not going to die? Because there's prophecies over my life that have yet to be fulfilled. There are things God has said that have yet to come to pass. I can't die. Because there's still words from God that have yet to manifest. So since there's still words that are yet to manifest, I ain't going nowhere. Glory to God. Glory to God. You got to know how to use your prophecies as a weapon. Thank you. Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. It's my season of fulfillment. Something's gonna happen. Oh, you ain't gonna make it. You're gonna be broke. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna, you ain't, you ain't gonna make it. No, 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 no. It's my season of fulfillment. Thus said the Lord. See, once you have this prophecy, now you use it as a weapon. Right? Doesn't the Bible talk about in Ephesians 6 above uh, talks about rather uh the, taking the sword of the spirit? Taking the sword of the spirit, which is come on, help me out. Which is now don't just think the word of God. Because is it a prophecy? Come on, is it prophecy the word of God? So you take that same prophecy and now use that prophecy as a sword of the spirit. How you gonna stand? I got a sword of the spirit. I got a word from God. Hallelujah. I'm not gonna quit because I got a word from God. I'm not gonna bow down because I got a word from God. Abram or Abraham take his son to the door. What I mean by that, when God told Abraham sacrifice his son, how did Abraham get all the way to the point of drawing back his knife to do it? Because he had a word. And the word, the prophetic word was through this seed, through this son, I'm going to make a great nation. see no lamb. I don't see no sacrifice. I don't see no... See, he, we know what, about the ram in the bush. He didn't know anything about the ram in the bush. We know it in retrospect, but he had no idea there was a ram. All he said was the Lord will provide himself. He knew that prophetic word drove him. And he used that as his weapon against fear and doubt and unbelief. Are you hearing me tonight? Thank you, Lord. I have weapons. Thank you, Jesus. All right, now. Um, so he says, so Timothy, my son, I'm entrusting you with this responsibility in keeping with the very first prophecy that was spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment in, that, in this great work of ministry in keeping with the prophecy spoken over you. With this encouragement, use your prophecies as weapons as you wage, watch this, spiritual warfare by faith. See? So notice he doesn't, he doesn't encourage Timothy to just sit back and wait on this stuff to happen. He says, no, Timothy, you have to wage spiritual warfare by faith using these prophecies as your spiritual, as your weapon. 
See? Because what, what all of us have to deal with is time and opposition. When you get a prophetic word from the Lord, you have to deal with time passing. Well, I thought it was going to be this week. I thought it was going to be, you know, whatever. And time just passes. And then the opposition comes up. And then something, something occurs that looks opposite of what you were believing that God said to you. So you've got to go to war. <laughs> and, and let me tell you something. If you don't want to go to, go to war, you, you are at war whether you know it or not. You are already at war whether you know it or not. Because the moment that prophecy comes out, somebody else is listening. Y'all didn't hear me. The moment that prophetic word is released, somebody else is sitting there saying, uh-huh. Oh, that's what God's planning. Because you know the devil's not omniscient. In other words, the devil doesn't know everything. People sometimes act like the devil knows everything. The devil doesn't know anything. The devil doesn't know anything until, until God says it or we say it. So he's sitting by and all of a sudden he hears, oh, uh-huh. That's what God's doing. So now let me oppose what God is doing. Because if that prophetic word comes to pass in their lives, they're going to get stronger in the Lord. If that prophetic word comes to pass, they're going to win 27 souls every three weeks. If that prophetic word comes to pass, they're going to turn a whole family around. I'm, I, I, I've had their family under control for the last six generations. I can't let that prophetic word come to pass. See? So he goes to work. He goes to war. So you and I better make sure that we go to war. He says, so... Use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith and with a clean conscience. For there are many who reject these virtues and are now destitute of the true faith. In other words, they've left the faith. They, they've actually left the faith now because they didn't war and the devil was warring. And he whooped them. Oh, what happens in the body of Christ? People in the body of Christ get whipped by the devil and leave the faith. And Paul is saying, Timothy, don't let that happen to you. And I'm saying, as your man of God, don't let that happen to you. Help me, I'll tell you that, but don't let that happen to you. Don't let the devil whip you. Don't, don't let the devil steal what you have. Don't let him steal your prophetic word. Don't let him steal your assignment. Don't, don't let him steal your manifestation. Don't let him take what God has for you. Don't draw back now. <laughs> All right, now, let's keep going here. So he, he uses this phrase here I like, and I want to just, I, I'm going to probably bring this up a couple more times here. In the process of fulfillment. In the process of fulfillment. Y'all got it? Now, prophecies have varying fulfillment times or seasons, depending on the magnitude of the prophetic impact. Remember, I told you that a few minutes ago. So the, the greater the impact of the prophecy, most often the longer it's going to take because there are things that have to be orchestrated, divinely orchestrated by God, okay? Now, no matter how big or small the prophetic word is, they are all in the process of fulfillment, every one of them. Every one of them. In other words, even if it's a small prophecy about tomorrow, 
the process goes into effect immediately. Are y'all seeing that? Now, I'm, I'm going to give you three categories here that I, I want to show you of prophecies. And there, there may be more. I'm just giving you my three. I'm just going to share with you. Okay? Some prophecies have what I want to call immediate fulfillment. Immediate fulfillment. Media, if you'll help me, I want to go through these scriptures. I got several of them. I want to go through them pretty quickly here. So, again, some of them have what? Okay, let me give you some examples here. Old Testament, look at 1 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 27. 1 Samuel 9, verse 27. You can write it down. Look at this on the screen. It says, uh, this is about Saul when Saul is about to be anointed as king, the first king of Israel. Okay? It says, as they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, tell the servant that Saul had a servant with him. They were looking out there looking for his father's donkeys. Okay? He said, tell the servant to go on ahead of us, and he went on. But you stand here a while that I may prophesy to you, that I may announce to you the word of God. Now, Samuel is a prophet. So he's going to prophesy to Saul the word of God. Okay? Now, go ahead to verse, uh, 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 sorry, chapter 10, rather. Let's skip down to verse 5. 10, verse 5 and 6. Chapter 10, verse 5 and 6. He begins to tell him what's going to happen in his life. He says, after that, you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a stringed instrument, a tambourine, a flute, a harp, I'm sorry, and a harp before them, and they will be prophesying. Okay, verse 6. Verse 6. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. Now remember, Samuel is prophesying this. He says the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. This is the prophecy over Saul's life. All right, drop down please to verse 9 and 10. Verse 9 and 10. Verse 9 and 10. So it was... When he had turned his back to go from Samuel, now Samuel's talking to him. The moment he turns his back to leave Samuel, that God gave him another heart. This is immediate. This is, you caught it. This is immediate manifestation. That immediately, as soon as he turned, the prophetic word that, that God had sent through Samuel begins to manifest. And all those signs came to pass when? Came to pass when? that day, immediate manifestation. Wouldn't we all love great, easy, man? Oh, we love that kind of stuff. Immediate. Lord, Lord said it, and here it comes that day. That day. Look at verse 10, please. Verse 10. When they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. Is that what God told him? Is that what was prophesied? When did it, when did it manifest? That day. Immediate fulfillment. Immediate fulfillment. Let's keep going. Another example. Second Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I pray that we have more immediate fulfillments. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When you step into a season of fulfillment, anything that comes. Remember I, I shared with you the word the Lord gave me in January 2018 when he said, every word you've heard before, every vision you've had before is for now. Is for now. And every word you will hear from now on is for now. 
there will be no more delays, no more futures in it? See, because what I want you to see is once you step into a season of fulfillment, there's no more delayed fulfillment. God's moving right now. I mean, time is running out. Y'all understand that? God, the Bible says in Romans 9 that God will make a short work or a quick work in the earth. Okay? So look at this in 2 Kings chapter 7 and um, verse 1 and 2. It says, then Elisha said, uh, hear the word of the Lord. Now, if, if you know this story, they were in a, the Samarian, Samaritans rather, were besieged. You can go back and read in chapter 6, but I don't have time. They were besieged by the Syrian army. When they besieged them, they cut off all their supply. Nobody could get in or out. No import, no export. Sport. There's no food coming in, nothing. And everything in the city dries up. Okay, they're in a famine. So then Elijah said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time a seal of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two seals of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. In other words, he's prophesying to them that by this time tomorrow, you're going to have a, a huge economic turnaround in your city. Lord let, Lord, let it be unto us. Look at verse 2. Verse 2. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord will make winners in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Did you see that? You're going to see it because it's going to happen, but you will not be able to, to take part in it because you are an unbeliever. The word came through prophecy and you despised it. I told you God said, and you said, you're here, sitting here saying, even if God opened us of heaven, could this be? You don't know God. You don't know how much power God has. And you don't know that once God gives a word, his word has inherent power to make it happen. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. So you're going to see it. Don't be that person, y'all. In this season of fulfillment, who sees it with your eyes? but don't eat of it. Don't be the one who sits around and watches everybody else enjoying and everybody else increasing, everybody's accelerating, everybody else getting promoted, and you miss out on it. No, believe it now. No, I believe it when I see it. No, 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 you'll see it when you believe it. I said you'll see it when you believe it. We walk by faith and not by sight. Glory to God. All right, let me keep going here. Drop down to verse 16, please, verse 16 and 17. Same chapter. Then the people went out and plundered the, now, I don't have time to, t to read the story, but you know what happened in the middle. The Bible talks about these four leprous men who got, uh, had enough of sitting there dying. And they said, we can go in there to the, Samar to the Samaritans, uh, to, to the Syrians rather. They might keep us alive or they might kill us. Either way, we sit here, we're going to die, so let's take our chances. The Bible says they went in. The moment they went in, they went in at twilight. And the Bible says at the same time, the Syrians heard what sounded like an army to them. And they suspected that, that the Samaritans had, had uh, hired a greater army against them. And they took off and fled, left all their tents, left all their, 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 uh, their livestock, left all their animals, left all their silver, left all their gold, left all their clothes, left all their food. They left everything there. Because they thought they heard something. See, we don't know how the process is working. Because God didn't raise up an army to do this, but he made them hear what they thought was an army. Are y'all catching that here? Remember the one time 
Jehoshaphat and King Ahab, they were out, and they, they were, uh, I think another king with them, and they, were, they didn't have any water for their men, for their animals. They're going to battle, and they found out about Elisha being around town, and they said, hey, there's a Elijah who he used to wash Elijah's hands and pour water on the, on the man of God's hands. And, and they went to him, and he, he gave them a prophetic word, and he said, go and dig ditches in the valley. He said, because this valley is going to be filled with water. And he said, you will not see wind nor rain, but this valley is going to be filled with water. The point I'm making to you in that, that he was making was, you will not see anything in the natural that indicates that something's being fulfilled. Don't go by what you see. We walk by faith and not by sight. So I believe it because he said it. Because he said it, I believe it. And that's how it's going to come to pass in my life. Because I believe what he said. Not because I see something, a little sign, a little, little encouragement. He said, you're not going to see wind or rain. And yet the valley is going to be full of water. Glory to God. So we're in a season of fulfillment. All along, even if we've not seen anything. I mean, there are things I've ordered online and never got a confirmation. Never, never got, never got a, it's on the way. Never got, it's been shipped. Never got, it's been processed. And I look outside, there it is at the front door. Suddenly, there it is. Glory to God. I don't need a sign. I got the word. Are y'all with me tonight? All right, so verse, uh, let me keep going here. I don't want to bore y'all to sleep. 16 and 17, and the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians, so a sea of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two seas of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. The prophetic word that was released, here it is manifesting. Verse 17, now the king had appointed the officer on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate, but the people trampled him in the gate. And he did. And he died, just as the man of God had said, who spoke when the king came down to him. Immediate fulfillment. Yes, sir. Can I keep going? Y'all yes, sure? Yes. Matthew 21, 18 and 19. Was Jesus a prophet? Yes. yes, he was. Watch this. Matthew 21, verse 18 and 19. Now in the morning, as he, re as he returned to the city, he was hungry. Verse 19. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, Here's the prophecy. Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately, the fig tree withered away. Now, you read Mark. Mark talks about when they came back in the morning and they saw it had been withered. But Matthew tells us how quickly it happened. Soon as soon as he spoke it, something happened. Now, that means they, they couldn't tell if we put Matthew's account and Mark's account together, the disciples couldn't tell it had withered. Because in Mark's account, it says the next day, they said. They said, wow, the tree that you curse is withered to the root. But here, Matthew tells us that the process started right away. That means on the surface, everything looked the same. In the seen realm, everything looked the same. But in the unseen realm, where the word went right to the root of 
the matter, everything changed. Is anybody understanding me tonight? So the, it, the process, remember we're talking about in the process, it started immediately. When God gives your word, he starts the process immediately. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's, let's go one more place here on this immediate thing. Go to Matthew 26, please. Matthew 26. Hallelujah. 31. 35. Let me read. I'm going to speed read. Then Jesus said to them, this is all the disciples. He said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. He's talking to his disciples, his close ones. This, this is his board. <laughs> this is his team. First team right here. He said, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, for it is written, for it is written. I mean, thank you, Lord. I didn't even see that earlier. So we're seeing uh, what I'm going to show you later, a delayed fulfillment right here. But then we're going to see an immediate too. Because he says, you're going to stumble tonight because it is written. Back in the Old Testament, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Okay, everybody say, delay, say delayed fulfillment. Delayed. Just hold on to that. Verse 32. But after I've been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Keep going. Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you. This is Peter. Even if everybody stumbles, I will never be made to stumble, Jesus. I'm never going anywhere. Where shall I go? You have the words of eternal life. Remember that guy? Verse 34. 34. Jesus said to him, surely I say to you, that this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Verse 35, 35, Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all, and so said all the disciples. Uh-huh. Verse 56, verse 56, this is, just, this is the same night. Verse 56, but all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Everybody. Everybody. They forsook him and they fled. Now they all said, we'll die with you. But remember, the prophecy had to be fulfilled. I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. So that's a delayed fulfillment. Now watch. So he prophesied to them now that they would all flee. So notice we see here immediately they, it happens. It comes to pass. Okay? Um, I, I don't have time to read the other part of this. You can read later on, starting at verse 6 to 9, you see where Peter now actually denies him. Jesus, remember Jesus told him, you're going to deny me three times? And he said, no, I ain't never going to do that. I'll die with you. And he did it. He, he denied him. Rooster crow. He denied him. Here comes a rooster again. Denied him. And one time he started kind of using some bad language. <laughs> right? You don't know me. Beep, beep. <laughs> using some little rough language with the people. All in denying him. And when he realized it, put up verse 75. Verse 75. Verse 75. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly because that prophecy came to pass. 
immediately. Y'all got it? All right, now that's immediate fulfillment. Now, some prophecies have what I just told you a moment ago, delayed fulfillment. Everybody say delayed fulfillment. Now, by delayed, I'm not talking about the devil's delaying. I'm talking about it's, it's for an appointed time, a later time, a future time. The Old Testament is covered in what we call messianic prophecies. Messianic, the Messiah. Who's the Messiah? Jesus, Jesus Christ. So the whole Old Testament is covered from Genesis through Malachi with messianic prophecies. It all points to Jesus. That's why when you read in, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, about how uh, Paul would go preach somewhere, how uh, Philip would go preach somewhere, how other apostles would go preach somewhere, and they would, the Bible says they would take the scriptures and prove. Well, the scriptures, they weren't going through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They didn't exist. They were going through the Old Testament and proving Jesus from the Old Testament because it's full of prophecies about him. But how many of you know that, that the first prophecy about Jesus Christ didn't come to pass immediately? No, the second one or the 20th one or the 40th one. It took many years, centuries. I mean, right from the very beginning, remember when in Genesis 3, in Genesis 3, when uh, Adam and Eve sinned? Yes. Remember that? And all of a sudden, here comes the Lord, and he, you know, deals with their sin, and he, he curses the serpent, and then he curses the ground, right? He talked about Eve, you're going to have, you know, sorrow in your conception, and he cursed the ground, never cursed man. Notice he, ne he never cursed man, he cursed the ground for man's sake. And he told, but he told Eve and, and the devil, the serpent, he says that the seed of the woman is going to bruise your head. Your head will bruise his heel. Now, he's prophesying, God is prophesying in Genesis 3 about Jesus. In Genesis 3, while he's doing that, remember he, he, he sacrifices a lamb, we assume it's a lamb, and covers them in the skin. Remember, because they were naked now. They didn't know it. That was a prophetic um, uh, act about the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. One day, Jesus Christ would come and fulfill that to be the one who would be sacrificed to cover us, to cover our nakedness, to cover our sin. Understand? So from the book of Genesis, chapter 3 on, we're seeing prophecy after prophecy, after prophecy about Jesus. But Galatians 4, verse 4, put it on the screen for me, please. Galatians 4, verse 4 says, but when the fullness of time had come. Now, he's been prophesied from Genesis 3. Genesis 12, he's talking, God's talking to Abram and said, Abram, and you all families of the earth shall be blessed. He's prophesying about Jesus. Abraham, your seed. Remember, Jesus comes, Christ comes, Galatians calls him the seed of Abraham. Y'all got it? So God's prophesying over and over and over and over, and he sends the prophets to speak over and over and over and over about this coming Jesus. Moses prophesied about him when he said that God will raise up for you a prophet like me. He's talking about Jesus. Y'all understand this here. 
So he's over and over and over again, but there was a season that of fulfillment when it came to pass. It says in Galatians 4, verse 4, but when the fullness of, of the time had come, or when the time of fulfillment had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. So the time came for him to be fulfilled. Okay, so what's God doing between Genesis 3 and Matthew and Luke when we read about the birth of Jesus? Is he sitting there just twiddling his thumb and saying, all of a sudden I'm going to send Jesus? No, he, it's been the process from the beginning. So when God, God prophesied to Eve about the seed of the woman, he now has to find a man. He gets Noah. And Noah now begins to walk with God. Enoch walks with God. But in th these, this is a, a lineage. Enoch, down to Noah. And then Noah, Noah has a son named Shem. Shem becomes the, the great-grandfather of Abraham. God's working this whole thing. And God prophesies through Abraham in your seed. Everybody's going to be blessed. See, so God's not sitting here like, okay, I'm waiting to this one day, and all of a sudden I'm going to just say, bam. No, he's working it. He's working it. He gets Abraham with a girl named Sarah, barren, but he's going to bring a miracle in her womb. And then here comes, here comes, you know, they have a child, Isaac. No, we're not going to, no, I'm not working with, 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 uh, with, I'm not working with Ishmael here. Work with Isaac. The promised son. Then Isaac marries a girl, Rebecca, who she's bearing. But here comes a miracle in her womb. I mean, it's a process. We, we used to say in the, in the we, I used, we used to say, they used to say in the Baptist church, God sent Jesus down through 40 and 2. What's he doing? Every generation, he's lining tick, 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 tick. He's putting things together. A process. So Isaac and Rebekah, they have two sons, Jacob and Esau. No, not, not Esau, Jacob. 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 <laughs> and God just keeps working it. Generation to generation to generation. He has to make, he has to, he has, I mean, come on, y'all. I mean, we can go all through Bible, Bible uh, old things, and we can, we can see where, 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 where God has Naomi and Ruth where a famine hits their land. And they got to go down there, and, he, and Ruth ends up meeting a man named Boaz. Boaz is in the family. Just so happens she goes to the field that belongs to Boaz. Not just so happened. She's been led. She's been pushed to go, go to that field over there. So now she marries this man, Boaz, and now they have a son named Obed. Obed has a son named Jesse, Jesse has a son named David, whom God's going to bring Jesus through the line of David. Jesus, son of David, son of Abraham. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. See, so God wasn't sitting there twiddling his thumbs. He's arranging, orchestrating everything. And what I'm saying to you tonight is, even if there's a delayed fulfillment, God's not sitting there doing nothing. It is already in the process. It's already working. God's already moving. He's already setting things up. He's already arranging things. It's already in the process. Give God's praise about that tonight. Even if I can't see what's happening, 
happening. It's already in the process. Many generations before me. Brother Chris was praying this morning in our prayer time, and he began to pray something that I never thought about. I mean, when he prayed it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I never thought about that. He, he, as he was praying, he said, God, we thank you for those who prayed in the past. This ministry is here because of their prayers. This ministry is what it is because of the prayers. And even if we don't know who they are, there may be, may be people who, been, who prayed in 1912 in the city of St. Petersburg that one day God will raise up a people for revival, a people filling the Holy Ghost, a people who will do his will. We don't know who they were, but we are here today because of somebody else. In past, God needed somebody to pray it out. So God is never doing nothing. You and I can just rest in the fact that he is moving on our behalf. He's working things out. He's rearranging things. He's setting things up. He's orchestrating things on our behalf. Because the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, over and around the King James, he says, I watch over my word to perform it. I'm watching over it. I'm watching over it to perform it. I'm watching. I'm going to make sure my word comes to pass. God, if God said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, he's going to make it good. So he's watching over it. So if he has to move people and move companies and move schools and move churches and move things, I mean, it's... Are y'all hearing this here? So it's in the process of fulfillment. Can I keep going here? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, so I told you some prophecies have immediate fulfillment. Some have delayed or future fulfillment. Then some have what I want to call delayed and extended fulfillment. Delayed and extended. Say extended. extended. Meaning it's continuous. In other words, you can see a manifestation of fulfillment in one season, but it'll keep on manifesting. Let me give you an example of that. Isaiah 53. I'm going to turn over there. Isaiah 53. I'm going to put my eyes on this here. Isaiah 53 and verse 3. Let me know when you get there by saying hallelujah. hallelujah. It says in verse 3, this is a prophetic, this is a messianic prophecy. One of those ones we were just talking about. It says, he is despised. Now, who's the he there? Jesus. All right, okay. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows. Come on, and Now, that word sorrows means pains. If you got a good Bible, there'll be a little marker by that word. And it'll tell you that word translates to pains. And it says acquainted with grief. That word grief translates to sicknesses. Y'all got to catch it. So, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and he and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Verse 4, surely, surely, covenant word right there, he has borne our griefs. Now, what, what does the word griefs mean? 
sicknesses. So surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our sorrows. What do sorrows mean again? So he's carried our pains. Tell your neighbor, he took it. He took it. He has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains, yet we have seen him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace and prosperity and wholeness was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now that's the prophecy, right? Now, let's go over to Matthew, Matthew's gospel, chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to see fulfillment. Matthew chapter 8, glory to God. And let's look down at uh, verse, verse 16 and 17. Verses 16 and 17, please. Let me get there. Are you there? Yes. says, when evening had come, they brought to him, him who? They brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits, come on, with a word, that's powerful. And healed, and healed, and healed all who were sick, verse 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself, come on, took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now do you see that this, that prophetic word in Isaiah 53 was fulfilled right here in Matthew chapter 8. But how many of you know that it's still being fulfilled today? That God is still healing bodies today? That Peter came along in 1 Peter 2.24 and said, and with his stripes we were healed. So he's talking about that even now, you and I are still healed today, and if you have a sickness or a disease or pain in your body, it didn't just get fulfilled once, it's being fulfilled over and over and over and over again. Can you say amen? amen. Glory to God. So notice it was a, a delayed fulfillment prophesied in Isaiah, fulfilled in Matthew, but it's an extended fulfillment, which means it's still being fulfilled to this day. It came to pass then, but it's still coming to pass. Let me ask this question. How many of you have this ever come to pass for? That he's, all, he's taken some of your sicknesses and borne all your pains over and over and over again. Every time that happens, every time you get a healing manifested, you're bringing a fulfillment of Isaiah 53. Are you seeing this here? Glory to God. Okay, let's go to another place. Go back to the Old Testament, please. Go to the book of Joel. Oh, I know where you're going, Pastor. Joel, chapter 2. Not Job, Joel, Joel, in chapter 2. You can find it. Joel 2, verse 28. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass afterward. Now you go back and read that chapter and see what afterward, boy, this is some good stuff here. Read in chapter 2 about how God is jealous for his land. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters, come on, shall prophesy. Shall prophesy. Your old men shall do what? Dream, dream. Your young men shall see what? Dream, dream. 
also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Now remember the prophecy is, verse 28, it'll come to pass afterwards. In verse, 20, verse uh, 29, it says, I will pour my spirit in those days. Right? Now let's go over, please, to where? Y'all smart. Acts and chapter 2. Y'all are so smart. Y'all know this B-I-B-L-E, don't you? Acts 2, but let's see it here. Acts 2 and verse 15. I'll start at verse 14. Verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose. Now what was going on? The day of Pentecost happened and people are stumbling all over the place full of the Holy Ghost. They're drunk, just not as you suppose. They are drunk, just not like you think. They're not drunk on that old wine y'all been drinking and buying from ABC Liquor. They're, they're drunk on this wine that's poured out from heaven. The wine of the Holy Ghost here. That's the only kind of drunk you ever want to get here. He says, they're not drunk as you suppose since it is only the third hour of the day. Verse 16. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass. Now he goes back and reviews the prophecy, which means he had to have known it. It had to be in here. He had, he had to have studied and seen what God had said was going to come to pass one day, and they didn't know what day was going to happen. All he knows is, whoa, when it happened, they said, wow, this is that. See, Jesus never told them that when y'all get in up a room, what's going to happen is, remember what Joel said, this is what's going to happen. Jesus didn't tell them that. But when it happened, they said, whoa, this is that. This is what Joel spoke. Notice what he says. And it, it, he says, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And this will come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will do what? Pour my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your, your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men's servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. We'll stop right there. But look, can you see that what was prophesied in Joel now comes to pass in the book of Acts chapter 2? And the thing about it is it's still coming to pass to this day. God is still pouring out his spirit on all flesh, all those who are hungry, all those who are thirsty, all those who look for him. God is still pouring out his spirit. People are still prophesying. People are still dreaming dreams. People are still seeing visions. People are still moving on in the things of God. The Holy Ghost is still being poured out. If we would stay hungry, he'll pour it over and over and over and over and over again. Is anybody thirsty for the Holy Ghost in this place tonight? He'll keep pouring out over and over and over again till Jesus comes. Because every time you get, you get a new believer come in, you need another outpouring. Not this first coming of the Holy Ghost, but another that's refreshing. Matter of fact, you and I can come and get times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Am I right about it? Glory to God. All right, now, let's begin to wind up here. Whew. I'm about to say season of fulfillment. Season of fulfillment. Now, remember we talked about some prophecies have immediate fulfillment. Some have delayed or future fulfillment. 
And all of us have some of those in our lives, right? Some immediate things that are prophesied. There are things that are prophesied in my life that came to pass immediately. I mean, maybe not that day, but it wasn't, a, wasn't but a few days. And then there's some things that came to pass later. And there are some things that are still coming to pass. There are some things like Timothy, like Paul told Timothy, that were, very, that were first spoken to you. Some of the very first prophecies. I can remember back in 1989 when I first got born again, and there were prophecies that were spoken over my life that are still yet to come to pass. Well, I don't go, well, they must not have been true. Because the, the, the significance of those prophecies, just about me, you know, you're going to be a you know, tall guy. It was talking about some, God's going to do something extraordinary in your life. So there are some things that had to, be, had to transpire, some things that had to be set in place for those things to manifest. Are you hearing me tonight? Okay. Now let's, let's, let's close out here. In Ezekiel, and I'm going to have them put this up in the, in the Living Bible. It's, it's a long passage, and uh, I don't want to read both translations. So let's look, go right to the Living Bible. Ezekiel 12, so you can write this down. Ezekiel 12, verse 21 through 28. Now, what I'm going to read to you is a word of warning to Israel. But I'm not reading as a word of warning to us. I want us to see the principles that come out of it. How God operates and what he just spoke to us the other night is about to happen. Because he said, this, let me go back to this prophecy. He didn't say, you're getting ready to go into a season of fulfillment. He said, for your end. That means for us, it started either Thursday night or before. We're here now. We're here now. It's not coming. We're here now. We're already in it. Glory to God. For you're in the season of fulfillment, a season that what, what, of what I've spoken to your heart, what you've discovered in my covenant word, what you've sown for has gone through the process of first the blade, then the ear, and now is the fulfillment time of the full fruit in the ear, says the Lord. Just like you've waited for the season of fulfillment, I too have waited for this season to come upon the earth. You got it? Okay. Now, so let's, when I read Ezekiel 12, 21 through 28, I want you to see not the warning that comes to Israel, because we're not being warned, we're being encouraged. Okay? Says this, again, a message came to me from the Lord. Son of dust, what is that proverb they quote in Israel? or in St. Petersburg, or around the church. The days as they pass make liars out of every prophet. This is what they say. This is not what God says. God says this is what they say. That it didn't happen, so they must be liars. <laughs> Verse 23. The Lord God says, I will put an end to this proverb, and they will soon stop saying it. They're going to they change their tone in a minute. Oh, soon and very soon, they're going to change their, their tone. He says, give them this one instead. They want to talk, tell them this. Give them a proverb from me. The time has come for all these prophecies to be fulfilled. Boy, I wish three people would get excited about that. The time 
has come. This is what I told y'all God told me to tell you back in January 2018. He told me to tell you every word you've ever heard is for now. And every word you'll ever hear from now on is for now. That means a time where these prophecies will be fulfilled has come. Now, some, I know I understand. Some of y'all might be new, might be new to the Lord and you've not spent much time, and God hadn't said much to you, so you don't get excited. But if you've been walking with God for a little minute, and you remember those prophetic words that you've heard over your life, where somebody walked up out of the blue, didn't know you from Adam, and they said, the Lord told me to tell you. They weren't in your business. They were speaking. You knew this had to be God because nobody could have known what they said except God. And you know that you have prophecies hanging over your life. God says a time for all these prophecies to be filled has come. Whew. Then you will see, verse 24, what becomes of all the false predictions of safety and security for Jerusalem. For I am the Lord. What I threaten always happens. So could we say what I promise always happens? Could we say that what I promise always happens? What God says always happens? What God promises you always happens? Tell your neighbor it always happens. But watch this next thing. Watch this next thing. Because now in the season, there will be no more delays. Oh, righteous ones of Zion. Oh, righteous ones of Zion. There will be no more delays. God told me to tell you that two, three years ago. That we're in the season now. time? How come you didn't draw back because God told me it's time? How come you didn't slow down because God told me it's time? How come you didn't backtrack because God told me it's time? There will be no more delays, O righteous ones of Zion. I will do it in your own lifetime. What? Oh, is anybody else seeing this? I will do it in your own lifetime. 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 You're going to see it, says the Lord God. Verse 26, then this message came. Son of dust, the people of Israel say. This is what the religious crowd say. His visions won't come true for a long, long time. Therefore say to them, the Lord God says, all delay has ended. I will do it now. Oh, you ought to give God a shout about that right there. All delay has ended. I will do it now. No more delay. No more waiting. We're in the season of fulfillment right now. No more delay. All delay has ended. I will do it now. Oh, give God one more big shout about that tonight. shipping delays, no more processing delays, no more fulfillment delays. What God said, he's making it good. 
It's time now. We have entered. We are in the season of fulfillment, says the Lord our God. And when you're in the season, there's no more delays. No more delays. No more delays. It won't be long now. Sit down. Let me, let me just finish. Read, read this one last thing. Read this one last thing. I'm going to read this first section of this, of this prophecy. For you're in the season of fulfillment, says God. Now, if you're in the season of fulfillment, you know, when, when, you, when, you, when they tell you your package is out for ship, out for delivery, you start looking at the, at the door. Every time you hear a truck coming down your street, you're thinking that that might be it. Brown truck, white truck, blue, blue and white truck. Blue car, red car. You don't know how it's going to come. Any car even slow down in front of your house, is that it? Because you don't know how it's coming. You don't know if God going to use a big truck, a small truck, how it's going to come. SUV, a Pinto, you don't know how it's going to come. But you know it's coming. Because they said it's out for delivery. I'm here to announce to you tonight that it's out for delivery. It's out for delivery. Everything God has spoken, every prophetic word he said for the body of Christ and for you individually, it is out for delivery. Expect any moment now to receive everything that God has spoken in your life. Expect doors to open supernaturally. Expect ways to be made supernaturally. Expect things to break off you supernaturally. Because we're in the season of fulfillment. And listen to what he said, what the Lord said. A season where what I've spoken to your heart, what you've discovered in my covenant word, what you've sown for has gone through the process, the process of first the blade, then the ear, and is now fulfillment time of the full fruit in the ear, says the Lord. Now that's why we looked at, when we started Mark 4, 26, now, I don't have to go through the story. Y'all know the story of this parable. I've used this parable uh, countless times in this church. But you see it's talking about in Mark 4, 26, about how the kingdom of God operates. As if a man should scatter seed on the ground. And that's what God has done. He scattered seed on our ground. And you and I take the same seed and scatter on the ground of our hearts. Now, the seed is the word of God. Luke chapter 8, verse 11, the seed is the word. Then our hearts is the ground. Luke 8, 15, it talks about, put this on, Luke 8, 15 on the screen for me, please. Luke 8, 15, see what it says here. Hallelujah. Because this is what I believe how we were positioned last week. Verse, verse 15. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, did you have a noble and good heart last week? Did you have a noble and good heart for the word of God? So when we have that, we keep it. We keep the word. We keep the prophetic word. We keep the, the revealed word and bear fruit with patience. patience. 
It's a process. So we're given the process time. So back in Mark 4.26, the man, when he scattered seed on the ground, verse 27, says, and shall sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed shall sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. You yourself do not know how. You do not know how God's going to bring this to pass. You do not know how God's going to work all this out. You do not know how God's going to rearrange all this stuff. You don't even know how he's working right now. You don't know what he's already done. All I know is he's doing something. Verse 28, here it is. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade. Remember we're talking about the process of fulfillment. And that word came last week, first the blade. Then, then you see, then uh, after that, the head. Then the head. After that, the full grain or the full fruit in the head. That's the process. The process. That we don't know what's happening. Remember this guy going to sleep by day, by night, rising by day. He don't know what's going on. All he know is, verse 29, when the harvest comes, immediately he puts in the sickle. So I'm telling you, if we're in a season of fulfillment, fulfillment means it's harvest season. So this ain't the time to go to sleep now. Put in your sickle and harvest everything God has already promised, everything God has said, everything that we've been believing God for. He talked about a harvest of souls coming in, people coming into the kingdom of God. It's time to harvest now. In other words, there are people you've been praying for, <laughs> people you've been believing God for for years. It's time. Ah, oh boy, see, see, like, see, like, boy, they going the other way. No, it's season of fulfillment. Your family you've been praying for, fasting for, sowing for, it's a season of fulfillment. They're coming in. Expect to see them coming into the, into the house of God, the kingdom of God. Expect them to call you any day. Hey, I, I want to be saved. I want to be saved. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of straining. I'm tired of living in sin. I want to be saved. Can you see this here? This is what a season of fulfillment is. Everything, every word is coming to pass. See? Every word. It's that time now. We're in it. We're in it. Let me quit by just reminding you of Ezekiel 12, 28, the living Bible. All delay has ended. I will do it now. I will do it now. Can you believe that tonight? Can you receive that tonight? Are you excited about that prophetic word? The season of fulfillment. If you are, why don't you stand to your feet one more time and let's just give God praise tonight and let the Lord know we don't despise prophecy. We believe his word. We believe his word is true. We believe his word is right. We believe it's coming to pass. We believe it's our time. We believe it's God's time. It's a time God's been looking for. It's a time God's been planning on for all these years, all these decades, even all these centuries God has been planning for this time now. Do you remember I told you this over the last three years because of what God told me in, in January 2018 when he said we're living in the most prophetic time in human history outside of the first coming of Christ. The first coming of Christ fulfilled the whole Old Testament. His coming the first time was the most prophetic time of fulfillment because 
everything prior to that pointed to him coming the first time. But once he came, everything from there on out is pointing to now. We're in the last days. We're in the time before Jesus Christ comes. So everything from, from back there in Mark 1, I think it's verse 15, where Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was announcing it's a new day. It's a new day. So everything from that point now to now is announcing what we're in now. You understand that? You understand the world went through the dark ages. The world went through the iron age. The, or the world went through all these different times. The world went through the renaissance period. The world went through, the church went through a dark time where Bibles were hidden. There were no Bibles available to people. People began to, began to get off base. All of a sudden, the Catholic church was the only one that they had Bibles and until the Reformation period started, started, the protest started with Martin Luther. And now we begin to get the word for ourselves. Thank God we went through a season of healing revivals. Thank God for the Jesus movement where souls were saved across America by the tens of thousands, tens of thousands. Billy Graham crusades and things like that. We were, I mean, saved by the tens of thousands. All of that was leading to a culmination period where we're going to see at the same time all the healings, all the salvation, all the, all the charisma of the charismatic movement, all the things that, that we had over all those decades, all those movements now converging at one time in what God has told us is a season of fulfillment. I don't know about you, but I'm excited that I'm alive now. Oh, it would have been nice to be around with Peter and Paul. That was nice. But this is a time they were looking forward to. You know, Paul and Peter and those guys, they spoke about this time we're living in, but they thought this time was going to be way much earlier. Remember that? They, I mean, they, they spoke about the times we're in, but they, they were thinking because God revealed things to them. They thought those times were going to happen a couple thousand years ago. But they didn't. There's a little bit of manifestation fulfillment, but the times they were really seeing are now. You are alive at the greatest time in human history. We are the culmination generation. We are the closing generation. We are the generation that when Jesus Christ cracks the sky and he comes on the cloud and every eye shall see him, we're, the, we're that generation that will be caught up together with him in the air. We're not going to come before him empty-handed. We're going to come having subdued Taken dominion, having replenished, having stocked up his room. You know that great feast? Said, I want my house to be full. We're the ones that's filling it up. 
This is the season of fulfillment. And I don't want us to let that go. I don't want that to be a one time we heard that, that was nice. And we let it go. Let's meditate on that. Use it as our weapon. And allow God to bring to pass what he's deemed for us in this hour. Amen? Amen. Lord God, tonight, thank you for the word we've received. Thank you for our Lord, uh, the prophetic words that we have received in the last week. Knowing that, Father, you have brought us into a time, a season of unparalleled fulfillment and manifestation. That, God, the season you've brought us to is one that you were looking forward to yourself. And you said in that word that your eyes had to look to and fro throughout the earth. You had to find somebody who could work with you, who would work with you, who would work your word, who would believe you, who would heed the call. And Father, we know that in this house you found a bunch. Yes. We know there are others across this country and across the world that have been looking forward to this time that we've brought, been brought into. So I pray, Father, that each person who's, who's had a, a noble and good heart, that, Lord, you'll produce in us the 30, 60, 100 fold return on the word. That everything that you've raised us up for, everything that you've equipped us for, that you'll be able to work through us, through our lives in these last days. Thank you, Father, for bringing us to a place of dominion and authority that we don't shrink back from the devil. We don't let the devil keep running this system, these, these systems out here, but that, God, you raise up your people. Your word says, Father, when the righteous are in authority, the people can rejoice. So thank you that you're raising up your people to authority. Yes. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, you're proving your prophetic words to be truth. You're proving true prophets. That, Father, we will judge nothing before time. But that, Father, we'll wait until afterward. For you to bring the, the end of all things. And we'll know, we'll know what has been right and what has not been right. Thank you, Father, for uh, giving us the strength to operate in this time. We will use these prophecies as our weapons. We'll work our faith and work the word. Lord, making ourselves always available for you to use us to get your will done in the earth in this hour. We thank you for all these things. We give you the praise and we give you the glory. We give you the honor. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Put those hands together and give God a great praise tonight for the word of God. Come on, give God a big praise.